Welcome to Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm Young Me Mayor. And I'm Brian Park. And it's been a while, <laughs> but we are finally back with our solo episode. It has been a while. I really like doing these. I'm really glad that we're doing this. Raw <laughs> chemistry, baby. Raw. <laughs> Feeling Asian raw. <laughs> but we're also, this is a special one because another international episode you're coming at us live from Korea, jet yeah. lagged as fuck. <laughs> well, I just keep like trying to, cause you know, we, you know, obviously we've had to have meetings since I've been here, and I just keep trying to like gauge what the best time will be, and I'm always wrong. Like, <laughs> like I feel like the last time we talked, I'm like Brian, I'm waking up at 4 a.m. every day, so let's do all the meetings at 6 a.m. for me. So it's 6 a.m. right now. And then in the last two days, I've been sleeping until like 9 a.m. randomly. So there's no rhyme or reason. At all. Tomorrow, like uh, next time I'm be like, Brian, let's set the meeting for like 10 a.m. And I'm going to be like dead asleep. Are you, uh, do you have a ritual when it comes to adjusting to jet lag? No, of course not. So you just raw, you're just raw dog the jet lag and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to say though, eventually it just do, it does sort itself out. But I I'm I'm not one of those people that are like I'm gonna take a two hour nap and then work out and then take a shower, you know, and then. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. But the Asia jet lag is fucking brutal, though. It's yeah. It's one of the. It's one of life's modern life's probably weirdest. F- feelings you know i mean sofia coppola made an entire movie about it yes (laughs) yes (laughs) famously with scarlett johansson yes yeah i was i was gonna make a scarlett johansson being asian joke but that's beyond hack in well-treaded territory so instead i was was just stating a fact (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> Brian, I was too. Did you hear my hesitation? I was like, yes, she was in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she was the lead of the Sofia Coppola art house film <laughs> set in Japan. <laughs> yes, she was. Both of us had like a moment where we were like, Don't she is an it. actress that was in a movie. <laughs> don't say it (laughs) don't say that joke it's like making a so making a scarlett johansson as asian joke is like the former generations uh doing a a my mom accent asian mom accent joke (laughs) (laughs) and yet i tell myself i'm like i'm gonna stop making jokes about how my mom was mean to me Yet every time I do, it's a fucking banger. Timeless. Every time, people lo- losing their shit. <laughs> oh, my God. We just have to wait maybe like 27 more months, and then the Scarlett Johansson jokes will be back, I think. No, it'll be back. It'll be back. We're fully in indie sleaze. Yeah. Tw- Diesel, Diesel's back. Scarlett Johansson jokes are going to be back in 27 the greatest- months. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> The greatest Korean of our generation, Scarlett Johansson. She's going to make an Asian comeback. <laughs> Honestly, I kind of want that. You heard it here first on Feeling Asian. Bring, make Scarlett Johansson Asian again. 
make Scarlett Johansson Asian again. I agree. Those are funny <laughs> jokes. Why why did we go away from those? Like I feel like there was one joke that was so funny and we all laughed. And then we all try to keep doing it. And it just it went on a little too long. But I think it's time for them to come back. I think that the younger generation, you know, mm-hmm. that just graduated high school, they've never heard that joke. Nope. So make <laughs> Scarlett Johansson Asian again. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna shit their pants laughing. It's like I'm it's down. Like if we- I'm gonna <laughs> screen print some hoodies. You want one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make Scarlett Johansson Asian again. <laughs> Make it okay to make those jokes again. I'm I'm a yeah. hack comedian. I only have like three jokes. I need I need that for my special. <laughs> Gone too soon. Seriously. Oh gosh. For real though, it's been a while. This is takes us back to the OG feeling Asian days when it was just us two trauma dumping on each other. And now now we're we're just a pit stop for people's press tours. We're too booked. <laughs> now we're just trauma dumping on uh celebrities who are like what yeah what did i agree to what is this why who is this why is she crying it's five minutes in she's crying who is this and then i'm like yeah so tell us about your your upcoming a24 movie and they're like oh yeah 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 right 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 you gotta get them i get them good while they're not while they don't expect it oh um, man but you know we gotta, you a, know what brian hits, you know baby. what we have to get scarlett johansson on the podcast that is ho- like oh. not even joke about her being asian just get her on the podcast and then be Yo. like trick her into coming and being like hey do you want to talk about how people make this joke <laughs> you know yo that's my new goal yeah. get scarlett johansson on the pod that would be so funny oh like welcome to feeling asian <laughs> here's scarlett johansson famous asian <laughs> and just sneak that joke in there uh if you're a publicist <sighs> listening to this and one of your clients is scarlett johansson please dm us so we can make this happen that would save her in the asian community if she did a joke where she was like the butt of the joke like that that is a very asian thing to do <laughs> right Oh my god. My see my number one target before was Lucy Liu, but I think now it's Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, we we got to think big. The, 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 the bigger the biggest Asian actress, not the <laughs> I hope Lucy Liu doesn't hear that. <laughs> oh gosh. She's not listening to I take it back. This. She definitely yes, she listens to Lucy Liu listens to Feeling Asian. <laughs> That's how she starts every morning when she's being interviewed. She's going to be on like an architectural die dress, like, welcome to my home. Yeah, so that's how I start every morning is a nice cup of espresso coffee over my kitchen island. And I like to put on the Feeling Asian podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I lo- <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, speaking of people listening to Feeling Asian podcast... Mm-hmm. that that is, that are asian um i my mom has been like because you know i'm in korea obviously my mom has randomly been telling me that random members of my family are listening to the podcast and i'm like no oh. <laughs> yo so i want to take this opportunity is, to what say what is the reception <laughs> I, I i she doesn't tell me that she just says that people are listening which is a threat threateningly like, yo 
I just want to take this opportunity to say that everything I've ever said on this podcast has been a joke. (laughs) I didn't mean it. (laughs) Dude. Yo, I know that there are family members of mine who listen and I just shelf it and try not to think about it. Do you think they're listening like because they're interested in what you're doing or do you think they're like genuinely like, yeah, I want to learn from this podcast? (laughs) no the truth of it is is they're getting fodder they're getting the tea and fodder on my family and me and then they're going to weaponize that i see like a i see you know classic korean family dynamics baby yeah (laughs) Yeah, no but honestly i I think they are listening just to see what i'm up to and then i like to think that they they stick around because they like it because the content is good content is good and if okay. I have said anything badly about my family, it's a joke. <laughs> it's I not real. I was joking. It's been a three-year-long joke. It's a bit. Um, I have no trauma from my childhood. <laughs> everything is everything is perfect. <laughs> everything is great. So far, this is my parents' favorite episode of this podcast. <laughs> They're like, we told you he was joking. <laughs> um. Well, so <laughs> wait, Brian, how are you feeling? Lately, I've been very uh, like zen, if that makes sense. My actions have been zen. So I feel mm. quite grounded. Uh-huh. Um, I th- honestly it was off the heels of uh, our recording with Bohan. Mm. So when this episode comes out two episodes ago, you know, Bohan was talking about, um, you know, releasing his debut album and then kind of thinking, well, now what? And feeling uncertain. And Mm. uh, I'm that sent me into a bit of a spiral, but it is exactly what I'm going through right now. I've sort of lightened the pedal. Uh, what now? I have the weirdest analogies. I've I've taken my foot off the pedal a little bit when it comes to my acting and commercial work, and mm. uh, I'm trying to, you know, I, I have a lot more time now because I'm not doing as many auditions and I'm not mm. shooting things on set. So I I'm kind of lightly putting myself out into the job market, looking for a job and Mm. shit's stressful shit is stressful you see when you pursue a creative career and you work as a freelancer for a long time Mm -hmm. uh your resume doesn't make a lot of sense anymore (laughs) (laughs) there are some gaps in brian's resume people there's a gap there is a gap in my resume and um (laughs) but in reaction though I mm-hmm. I think I've been taking good care of myself as in like I don't feel confident uh, in terms of uh how I present myself into the corporate job market so mm-hmm. I've been taking care of myself personally and I feel good it harkens back to your days of drinking lots of water so like I've been working out yeah. uh like 5 days a week I'm I'm like sleeping around midnight at a reasonable hour and yeah breakthrough I can I can handle it 
I feel like I feel good overall. I feel good, but uh, yeah, I just feel like uncertain too. A lot of uncertainties going on right now. <laughs> Wait, so what kind of job? What kind of jobs are you looking for? Like, do, is there like specific kinds, or is it just sort of like? I'm. So if you're listening, well, that's the thing. Like, as a like, I feel this this disjunction between like. I think I'm. I think I'm a smart person. I'm mm-hmm. adept, and I like can apply myself well. And I think I would be good if I just picked something. But I have so many disparate interests that right now, I'm having a hard time narrowing down like what it is exactly I would want to even do to apply like these comedy <laughs> skills and all these other things that I've done, mm-hmm. like leading up to this point, and. I'm, I guess it's like, I, I just think that secretly I hope that there's this perfect job that I just haven't discovered yet. It's hiding underneath a rock and I just haven't turned that stone over that it's like, Mm. oh, you have this really intricate and unique work experience. Well, this job is tailored perfectly for you and you're going to get health insurance and all these great benefits with it. And the reality is that doesn't exist, you know, like jobs are for, for many, for the most people, jobs are just jobs. Like it's just work Mm -hmm. and you derive fulfillment outside of it. And Mm -hmm. for many years I've devoted so much of myself to acting and Mm -hmm. stand up and comedy and, you know, this, especially in the early aughts of this podcast, like, it was so much work on both of our ends because we just didn't know what yeah. we were doing. But mm-hmm. right now, like we've ironed out so many parts of, I've ironed out so many parts of my life that mm-hmm. uh, the, the amount of time it takes isn't, it's not, it's not as bad as it used to be. And mm-hmm. I don't know, really. I feel that I, I would love to like retain some level of creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been thinking like, you know, uh, up top, I was like, okay, maybe I could do like creative strategy for uh, an ad agency or something. That seems like a nice synthesis between, you know, business and corporate and like a fully, fully like creative job. And mm. when I when I look at these like applications or uh, and what they're asking for, I get really insecure and stressed out because then i find like oh i I feel like i have all these skills but it just doesn't translate well into that on a on a paper you know like yeah i know what you mean you know it's like a lot of these jobs especially like creative corporate jobs it's about Mm -hmm. like connecting dots and telling stories and it's what we're both very good at it's what we do like it's so much of comedy is about storytelling and making disparate connections and being able to like sell something in our case, it's like sell content in a way that is appetizing to a general public. But yeah, but it's those not, companies don't it, know how to, don't know how to, they don't resume. know. It's almost like those corporate jobs don't know how to tap into that. And so they're, they're missing out on our talents because they're like, 
you have had to go to college for right, right. Uh, communications and business for nine years. And it's like, that's not what's going to make your TikToks <laughs> popular. You know, right, like, right, right. You're not. They're like, well, then, and then you can do the TikTok account for Mercedes Benz, and it's just like, yeah, y'all are mis, <laughs> uh, not understanding, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like this mismatch of like the corporate world and them not really knowing, and and then yeah, you're right, like you ha having talents, and it's always totally. like I feel like, don't you think it's so funny that the whole corporate world, they're they're like them trying to be relevant in social media is hiring like a 19 year old to do like the duolingo tiktok or something and it's just like <laughs> this is what billions of dollars like that's your answer and then and then on twitter there it's like arby's being like who wants my meat and then it's like burger king like being like shut the fuck up it's like what is going on here <laughs> right 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 no I, I i totally know what you're saying because yeah that is like a separate <laughs> lane unto itself like that's yeah, like yeah. a separate game that people play you know of like jumping yeah. through those hoops to obtain certain resume worthy language to then like put on your on your resume and right. uh yeah so i'm kind of going through the motions of that of like how do i i feel like i have like I need to like bridge that gap, you know, and yeah, I've spoken. I've and another part of it is like I miss the stability of like a non-freelance stable corporate job because I, when I look mm -hmm. back to when I had a corporate job and I was doing stand-up, I was I think I was more I had more creative output because like the finite the time I had oh. to dedicate to it is more precious. Yeah. You've said and, that before. Yeah, you yeah. said that that helps you. Because some people, they're like, I remember we were talking to Jenny Aramoto and she was like, you know, she quit her job at Google. And um, like we were talking about that in her episode. Like, yeah, it's almost. And then I feel like we've talked about this a lot with our other guests. Right, right. Who are like, oh, I'm going to quit my nine to five to be more creative. And then they find that like for some people, I think that's way more helpful than other people. They find like that nine to five balance um inspiring creatively so yeah that so, makes sense it's kind of what i'm going through i'm just like i it, it's frustrating though because the creative like it, it's just so i feel like it's and correct me if i'm wrong listeners but like i feel like in at least in american society it's like it's so black and white and binary you're either like Mm -hmm. you're gonna you're gonna quote unquote give up on your creative dreams and like seek stability and do something corporate or you're gonna reject that entire notion and then pursue your quote unquote dreams and do the holy creative thing and i feel like it the longer you stay in one lane or the other it feels yeah. almost impossible to like cross that bridge there's there's always exceptions and there's people yeah. who do it well but yeah it, it it feels like at times i'm i'm i feel like it's almost impossible and then i get into like damn like what have i done you know mm -hmm. <laughs> well okay so this is reminding me a lot about i think this general like vague um like dissatisfaction with the options of of work is something a lot of people are feeling you know especially in the, these days like oh yeah even even people who are like oh i'm gonna become whatever a doctor or whatever right right they find themselves and um 
in that line of work and they're just like it's not satisfying doctor is kind of an extreme example but you know like people who are yeah like, i understand what you're saying whatever tech or whatever they go into and then there's like a general dissatisfaction with their work but then also you know in terms of um being a creative even if you're a successful creative there's like this article about that woman the that acted in euphoria and yeah. people were like clowning her because she said that if she doesn't work for six months she can't afford to live and they're like you have a three million dollar house like what are you talking about but i actually right. read it and i was like no this is actually um this is actually really interesting because she was talking about how she's not like from she's not from wealth so unlike her like peers who peers, can yeah. just get money from their family she's like i can't get money and they're like well you make millions of dollars and then the person that wrote the article kind of like broke down the cost of being an actor like she has to pay like 15 yeah. different people and um and you know like people were like yeah she has like a three million dollar house but it's like a three million dollar house is just kind of like a normal house in la it's not even like quote right, unquote right. a wealthy house you know and um and and then there is that like whole thing where if you're an actor you have to have that sort of lifestyle like you can't right if you're a famous actor you can't really live in a fucking apartment complex you know like yeah you can but there's like an ex ex expectation for you not to so i think that even uh, this is a little different than what you're talking about but even if you are going to pursue this creative pursuit and and then become successful it's like even though that's like your dream, there's going to be this like vague dissatisfaction with when you actually quote unquote make it. Cause it's like, you still have to like work like a dog to like, you know, keep your head above water. Right. Right. So it's like, no, I, I totally get it. Yeah. And I feel and I think that people see that and they're like, Oh, I don't want to do any of it. What do I do? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I've met people recently who are, are doing, the thing where they have like a corporate boring job and then they do their creative practice on the side. Yeah. And their, their reasons for that is like that way the creative thing can stay pure. Cause like once mm. you make money off of it, then it starts to feel like work and it like sucks out the enjoyment from making it. Cause yeah. there's like, there's different stakes are attached to it. And, huh. uh, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I just think I want to like go back to that feeling and inject that stability because I find that um, that with with my income reliant on creative projects, it's like, I don't, it just it just feels like work. And at times I yeah, felt like I see regardless, that. like regardless yeah. of what you do, it's all like the same end destination of just like the same stresses, except like I'm not stressed in my business casual clothes sitting in a you know like an aero chair in an air-conditioned yeah. office like i'm stressed in my room trying to finish a self-tape and like memorize my lines and i'm sweaty you know and then it's like the thing that you love now becomes this sh shitty thing yeah i i totally see that right that makes a lot of sense to me yeah and so yeah i think you should follow your um <laughs> Yeah, so it's kind of oh, what I've been yeah, going through instincts. hot off the heels of our little Bohan episode. But what's up with you? How are you feeling? Kind of, I guess, like something similar with me is that I guess, like, you know, tied to what you're saying is 
you know, um, Mission Close, the restaurant, one of the yeah. restaurant that we had in Brooklyn. And, you know, I, I was getting like a financial stake in that because I am part of the owner. I mean, it was like mm -hmm. minimal, but it was like, it was um, still just like something to make me feel a little bit more secure. Right. 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 Um, but then I also started making a little bit of money doing creative stuff, which is right. very new. I would say, I would say last summer is when I started making a little bit of money and yeah. but not like not like a livable i'm like I, now i sound like the person i don't want to sound like the person in that article like the three million dollar house <laughs> like the, the, like to be very honest it's like not a livable wage like for yeah it's not an amount that can cover my rent and all my bills and food do you know what i mean it's like of um, course but i started making a little bit of money from it and at the same time, I lost like that, that other, other minimal wage that I was receiving from the restaurant. And so when that happened last month, um, I sort of like kicked it into high gear in, in terms of like social media. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, presence. Right. Which sure. I, I'm sure people noticed. I was just like posting all the time and i was just like well I, I created all this content over the span of the last few years like why not right. just post it and just like try to make it more visible for sure um and you know i did it all with this idea of now i really just need a lot more work you know yeah um and then yeah, it's weird because social media has like been basically the only thing that's brought me an income from doing comedy, you know? Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so putting energy into that is like creating income for myself. And then, you know, since I've been out here, I've been posting about my trip in Korea. and right. Which isn't comedy, but it kind of is because I'm like trying to be funny and like telling my story yeah. about visiting Korea. Um, and then I was like, oh, this is like, this is like something I enjoy doing right now. Like right now I don't feel like doing comedy skits, but this to me is enjoyable. So I've just been like, every time I think about something, I just sort of post it. Right. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like, I guess that's been my reaction in terms of feeling that like insecurity in terms mm. of like financial insecurity, just being like okay, now I have to like really... Kick it into high gear. Yes. Like I have to yeah. make sure that this is a viable way for me to create income, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, like what you were saying, you were saying that's like what's draining all the fun out of it for you. And I'm scared yeah. of that too. Like I don't want to be in a place where I'm like, dreading posting like, can you imagine me like trying to make a tiktok when i i, I like do not want to do it so yeah. I, I always want to make sure that what i'm posting is something i genuinely love creating so i've, I've been of doing course. these like these like funny videos about korea which i really enjoy doing and yeah you know, yeah, yeah 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 just trying to find the way of <laughs> yeah it's like kind of like what you were saying like trying to find a way of doing this art where it feels very good doing it and people like it and hopefully right. that creates income you know oh for sure it is yeah. uh yeah well i never asked you about the mission um thing like how does that 
were you obviously like you you mentioned you know i was it like how did it feel was it super sad like because you grew i mean it's such a big part of your it was a big part of your life for so long it it was very sad i think i um I think because it happened right before I was going to come on this trip and I was like yeah. psychologically preparing for this trip and all that, uh, that I was kind of like in a way putting off processing it. But I, I remember yeah. during that time I did feel really, really sad. And then part of me was trying not to like deal with it right then. Um, right, right. But I feel, yeah, I feel it feels weird because... I mean, now looking back at that era of my life, it's so different than where I am now, but it was like a huge part of my life for 10 years, you know? Yeah. Like working on this brand with my ex-husband and, but then also not really fully being allowed to, It. this is like a, a this might be like a, a way too strong of a way to describe this, but, you know, it was it was my ex-husband's like, creative thing right like right. speaking of creative things like it was his 100 percent his brainchild, and it was like a brilliant idea and obviously he received so much um attention for it which was right rightfully earned because it's a wonderful um concept mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, you know my role was to be like supportive of him in his expression of his creativity right and so even though i did put a lot of energy and like quote unquote work into it i had nothing to do with it i had nothing to do with the creative process sure. of that restaurant i had nothing to do with how the restaurant was run you know and i think in a lot of ways um you know, not to be like critical of my ex-husband, but he really didn't want me to be involved in it. Like he was very mm. like, like not stingy, but like he was like, this is my thing. Don't touch my thing, you know? Okay. And he was yeah. like, your job is to like support me. And right. but, but he was like, I came up with this concept and it's my thing. Right. And I, I always felt kind of like, I agree. Like, it's not really my creative baby. Like, my work in it has just been supporting you, right? Right. And so, yeah, for a long time when I started doing comedy, and I, I feel like in the beginning, that whole history was way more, like, people knew me for that, like being Danny's ex-wife. Yeah. Um, which has shifted now, which people don't really know that about me anymore, but right because in the beginning that's like what any everyone knew about me i would like purposely never talk about it mm. and if anyone asked me i would be like like sure. just shut it down like oh yeah, yeah i was married to danny you know like that right 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 and so i think i think i'm kind of still in that headspace a little bit so pe so i think it was a conscious choice for me not to talk about the closing of the restaurant that much mm. um on here because I, for yeah. so long, I had to like distance myself from that identity, you know, to create my yeah. own like. I, I met you at a time when I think you just started doing comedy, but yeah. it's crazy to think like, yeah, it's 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 pertinent to this conversation because it's like you've had uh, two different lives almost, you know, 
Like it's, I can't yeah. imagine what you were like in this previous life when you were in like restaurants and hospitality, you know, because mm -hmm. I've always like sort of known you as a comedian. Yeah. I really had to like cut the, cut the association, but also it was easy for me to do so. Cause I was never really like actually a part of it you know like i wasn't mm. no one ever was like oh mission young me mayor it was like you know <laughs> it was like i was like yeah. adjacent to it and i just literally never had any creative input like i can't take any credit for it right so it's like mm. it's like right. losing a losing something that like i never really had you know it's like that feeling yeah i get that but yeah but what the fuck you're in korea right now I have, uh, well, how's that been? Are you getting weird looks from Ajumas for your pink hair like you predicted? I have to say, I'm very proud of Koreans because they have cooled it on the weird hair color stares in public. No one's giving me shit about my hair. Progress. <laughs> Progress. They, no one, because like back in the old days, I'm not even exaggerating, like a like an old Ajima would chase you down the street and be like, what's wrong with you? Stop doing that to your hair and like hit you. I'm not even exaggerating, Brian. You know that's real. No, 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 100%, 100%. Like, what are, what's going on with you? you you're crazy, like that. But yeah. no one has bothered me about my hair. No one's even really looked at me that much. Oh. Yeah, one person asked me if I was wearing a wig. But that was it. <laughs> we honestly have Scarlett Johansson to thank for this. She's out here doing the work. She, representation. She, <laughs> she What's wore a, little a pink wig hair? in a movie once. Yeah. She's a martyr for all of us. She really <laughs> kicked down the door. Yeah. For the rest Scar of us. Scarlett Johansson and Ollie London out here showing us that it's okay to be weird and Asian. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> ollie london <laughs> he identifies as korean um well i also i think i don't i don't even know why people are like being really chill about my hair yeah and i also i think it's maybe just like my general appearance like as an like now that i'm just like kind of a bitch like when i'm out in public i'm just like don't fucking talk to like don't fucking talk to me you know like that kind of face yeah Maybe that's what, the, I don't know. No one's been bothering me about my hair. Do you feel, but it, I, looking from your social media, it seems like it's been, it's been good so far. Or do you feel nourished? Is it nourishing for the soul to be back in Korea? Yes, it's, it's been fine. It's, it hasn't been that traumatizing. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> Yet. Um, the, you, the I don't know the fermented foods are doing a number on my bowels though they're tap dancing all over the oh I have like God. a general discomfort in my but also that that could be a lot of things I think it's um the fact that you know the jet lag like my body is like why are we eating so much food from at a time that feels like 2 a.m you know 2 a.m right. to you know um and also because I'm eating so much Cause like in New York, mm. I mean, I obviously eat food, but it's like, you know, when you live by yourself and you're just making yourself a goddamn salad for lunch, cause you don't want to 
spend $95, you know, like that's how I eat in New York. I'll make like a little thing for myself and I'll eat it. But here I'm like yeah. going out and eating like just full blown <laughs> meals because I so want to eat food. everything. Yeah, so much food. <laughs> just so much. Like three times a day, I'll just have the, the largest meal known to mankind. And then I'm like, my stomach hurts. <laughs> <laughs> how's, uh, how's Mino liking it? He is having a lot of fun. I mean, he's, um, we haven't really done that many fun, fun things yet. Cause the first week we were just chilling, but we're going to go to Latte World, which is an amusement park on Tuesday. So like Yo. in three days and tomorrow, guess what? We're going to go to Busan. We're going to take the train to Busan, everyone. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. You're doing the. As seen, you're doing the living the movie experience. Train the Pusan. <laughs> yeah, train the Pusan. <laughs> it's the uh, we're taking the yeah we're gonna take the bullet train because Mino's never been. Obviously, I've never been. Oh, fuck yeah. In Korea, on either. the KTX. Yeah, I think I've taken Most one bullet train in Shanghai. Most seats ever. <laughs> really, I've never. I've ne I don't think I've been on. They're the bullet so train. small, but the train is crazy fast, so it's awesome. But yeah, I think Mino's gonna love that. I always, when I was like Mino's age and uh, whenever I was in Korea, I'd always feel so self-conscious because I was so much darker than everyone and everyone oh would God. comment on it. Yeah. They're like, oh, I know you're from America because you're so freaking dark. Because <laughs> I played tennis so I was like tan as hell. So I'm like, oh, okay. I'm, 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 I'm not, I'm different is how I felt the entire time. <laughs> It's so weird. I, I just, I know we've obviously talked about this, but I just find it because I don't, I made like this video where I bought foundation at the yeah. makeup store and the two colors were like white or dead. And I got dead because it was less white and I put it on <laughs> and I, I was just, it looked like I was wearing like theater, kabuki theater makeup, you know, like geisha makeup. Yo. And I just looked bad. Like, it made my face look like shit, kind of. Like, I looked old and my face looked fluff. I don't know. I just... When will Koreans be free from the, the terror that is light skin obsession? I don't think ever. They're only getting <sighs> <Never>. stronger. <laughs> yeah, the, they are. The they grip really Korean like... skincare has on the world is... It's, dom it's everywhere. It's unavoidable. I know. It is it is crazy to go because my girlfriend goes like I'll follow her into Sephora and just like yeah whenever she needs to get skincare stuff mm -hmm. I I look back on man I would say maybe even recently it's like five years ago my mom mm -hmm. would gift me all of these like Korean skincare things but yeah. I'm so like America pilled that I just <laughs> assumed that it was worse quality mm -hmm. I was like oh this I'm like oh this sucks. I don't want to use this. Let me, I want to use my, yeah. I don't, I want to use my Cetaphil and my Vaseline. <laughs> and, my Neutrogena. Uh, right. Yeah. But every time I go into Sephora now, it's just a reminder that my mom was right all along. <laughs> well, this is interesting. <laughs> unfortunately. Thing about Korean, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, yet again, the interesting thing about Korean skincare that I, I think people might not really know is that it's very affordable because Korean people buy so much skincare 
that right. the cost level isn't like kogup, which is luxury level. Like, okay. like for a moisturizer, you know, in America, it's very common for people to spend $65, right? For right. a moisturizer. But sure, here sure. it's like, it's most places it's like $18 because, and it's fine. It's like good. It's just as good because the quality is just good here. But skincare just doesn't cost that much here because people are just like buying it, like tons <laughs> of it all the time. Wait, is that what you're going to do? Have you already thought ahead on what you're going to smuggle back into the States? A bunch of skin. Well, the the thing, the serums <laughs> that I use that are $30 in the States, that's not even that expensive. I just found it and it was like $14. So I was like, I'm going to buy a bunch of this. So you By can the just way, create a Amer nice side hustle here. Is just yeah. You're going to become a Korean skincare importer. <laughs> By the way, I know so many, I have such a good eye for this, but you know, there's like um, these cute little boutiques in America. I've seen at least two just in my neighborhood, like in Lower East Side, where yeah. I know the people are bringing back clothes from Korea. Like I can just see it. Because there's like all these like very high fashion, like Dongdaemun, like shopping area. Yes. yes. Where they're, they're really well-made, well-designed clothes, but they're like really so cheap. competitively priced yeah competitively priced but they look really like luxury like luxury it'll look like a margella suit or something but it'll be like 30 dollars or something right and you and know people that buy they're getting that shit for like five bucks yes no but in the lorry <laughs> side you'll see these little boutiques and you'll see it and it'll be like 350 dollars for like whatever a blouse because that's what it looks like it costs. But I fucking know exactly where they got that shit. They well, got that at Dongdaemun. <laughs> they're, see, they're recouping the cost of all of the stress and anguish that comes with having to, you know, roll Shop. your suitcase through customs, even though you yes. declared zero, <laughs> even though it's bulging, about to bust open with all of the goods that you're smuggling in. <laughs> what you got in your suitcase? Yeah, I bought... 35 of the same blouse because i liked it no i was i thought you were gonna be like you're uh paying for the uh, the luxury of not having to talk to the people that work at those stores because they are the worst at body shaming like i people the shopping in korea is so good but i literally don't shop here because i don't want to be called like fat and dark Oh. Like every time I go to a Korean clothing store, I'm like, oh, these are so pretty. And like somebody will run out from the back like, don't put it on. You're too fat. <laughs> like they will be like, you can't. We don't have your size here. Like that's okay. If you've been to Korea, you know that this is true. People are going oh, to think sure. that I made this for up. Sure. No, like, it's for like, real. Don't, don't try it on. Like I'm like an extra, Emotional extra large damage. in Korea. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes these, I remember this woman would be like, Oh, are you are you from a hot country? Like, cause she was trying to say that I'm really dark, and I was like, "You have no power here, bitch." I don't think it's bad to be dark. Like, I I know you think you did something by saying that, but I was like, "I I'm from New York." Like, <laughs> get the fuck no, out of my face. Yeah. But real talk, even though these LES boutiques are charging three hundred fifty dollars for like you know cheap marketplace uh, 40, Korean clothing. Yeah. Uh -huh. Overall, it's still a net positive for American society because can we just talk about how American, because uh, I used to shop for clothes for my niece and nephew and I'm like, 
dude yeah why why is all american clothing just like a shitty whatever cotton like pajama set and then it'll be the ugliest graphic that you've ever seen in your goddamn life and it'll say like yeah number one son with like yeah, footballs seriously. on it <laughs> seriously <laughs> daddy's girl um i'm i'm actually gonna go shopping because i know this one place that's like my little secret neighborhood in seoul that i know all about it has like the best prices Damn. but it's like always Young, blows my you. mind gatekeep gatekeeping on t- on the pod. i'm not i'm gonna i'm not gatekeeping i'm gonna make a video about it so people know okay, okay, okay. i'm bringing it to the people um but but it's so nuts because when i go there i'm just like looking at these clothes and everything's mm-hmm. like 25 dollars, and it looks it all looks like margella this is bonkers <laughs> but Damn. um i'm gonna t- yeah i'm gonna go there yeah. oh <laughs> for those of you tuning on to youtube looks like king mino has just woken up from his slumber Mino. <laughs> yeah, well, mino just woke up <laughs> anyways i think that should wrap it up for this episode what a journey we've been on a solo episode it's been a hot minute and look at us feeling asian podcast talking about career career pivots and korean children's clothing <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm ex- yeah i'm like i really love making this korean content oh also brian speaking of making content is i have to post remember we went to go eat kopchang for the oh listeners brian and, and i went to go eat kopchang barbecue and i was like i'm gonna make a video of brian having this because he hasn't he never had it since you were a kid right so like you kind of forgot what it tasted yeah, like, like here and there yeah so i made it so i was like oh i have to post this mino's i'm uh, not mino brian's uh first time that he remembers eating kopchang as an adult <laughs> <laughs> i hope i hope it's usable <laughs> no it was very good you're like you were being like very like this is good i was like <laughs> acting like i'm a porn star mm, yummy this is good <laughs> and, just the worst you know, we went, acting <laughs> <laughs> i'm enjoying uh, this <laughs> i don't know about you but i'm enjoying this <laughs> no, it was le- who knew <laughs> <laughs> it was legit good. I liked it. Um, but yeah, uh, for listeners, who where can they find your hot Korea content? Well, I'm making these like I'm trying to make daily videos on my TikTok, Young Me Mayor. If you want to see, you know, my journey, but I am posting them on Instagram, YM Mayor. How about you, Brian? Uh, follow me on socials at it's Brian Park. I've got more writing about to be published, so follow there. I'll post nice. links about it. Um, That's exciting. But yeah. For those of you who've tuned in this far, thank you for listening. And yeah, um, about my earlier conversation, if you've got any, uh, if you've made a similar, if you've made career pivots before, yeah, my DMs are open. <laughs> and if you know how to get Scarlett Johansson on here. Our DMs are open. Respectfully. What if we got her on here and we just did it like an hour of her being Asian jokes nonstop until she Yo. like started crying. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> Bullying <case>. Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> um, right. That's it, everyone. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you all here next week. Bye. Thank you. Bye. If you made it this far into the podcast, then you know what time it is. It's time to do some Patreon shoutouts. You know the drill, but for those of you who still might not know, 
If you're looking for the best way to support the podcast, look no further than patreon.com slash feeling Asian. Go check it out. Any donation amount gets you a shout out on this podcast. So let's jump right into them. First shout out for this episode goes out to Mimi Lu. Mimi it gives me a granola crunchy kind of energy. I am going to guess that you're a civil engineer who lives in Seattle. You drive a Subaru, as one does in Seattle, and you have double-jointed thumbs. It was a, It's a conniption. I don't know why I said that, but let's just roll with it. You have double-jointed thumbs, which makes you very good at paddleboarding and kayaking. So thank you for supporting the pod. Next shout-out goes out to Brendan Wright. Brendan, kind of a bro name. You are on the Division One lacrosse team at Johns Hopkins. And you are half Asian. And representation matters because you're the only Asian person on the lacrosse team at Johns Hopkins in Johns Hopkins history. <laughs> I know that's not true, but let's roll with it here. In any case, thank you for supporting the podcast. Next shout out goes out to V Chow. V, you gave us just the first letter of your first name. Your name isn't actually V. So V Chow. I guess that you're a CIA agent that wants to let people know that you're Asian. So you're all about secrecy and keeping a low profile, but you still want people to know that you're Asian. V Chow. (laughs) I hope I didn't compromise your entire uh, livelihood, but thank you for making the time to still support the podcast. Next shout out goes out to Astrid Chung. When I hear the name Astrid, I keep thinking of Gemma Chan's character in Crazy Rich Asians. So I'm going to go with that. You are basically Gemma Chan's character in Crazy Rich Asians. And now this is an important but. You're in a very healthy and happy marriage. So you're better than Gemma Chan's character in Crazy Rich Asians. Because you're happy. So thank you. Thank you for spreading the love. And the last shout out for this episode goes out to Nari Kai. Nari, I'm going to guess that you're a copywriter for a, you know, one of those creative ad agencies. And in fact, you're a legend in the ad space. You are the, the, is a brainchild? You are the brainchild Or you are the responsible for all of the Oatly ads that we see in major cities. The ones that are very self-referential and meta that are like, oh, we just bought up this ad space to sell you oat milk. Wink, wink. Well, yeah, you did that. You started a revolution in ad copy. So you're basically a cooler Don Draper for the zoomers out there so 
thank you for supporting the podcast. And uh, again, thank you everyone who has supported and who does support. And uh, yeah, it really means a lot. It helps us keep this podcast going. And thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you.